Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it, but it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level, to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages, and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. Hey listeners and fans, it's Lindsay Cortez here, your host of the Female Athlete Nutrition Podcast. I'm here with Paige Tons. She is a girl athlete mindset mentor. Here's a brief bio and intro before we get to talking to Paige. Paige grew up in, oh, I don't even know how to say this, Paige. Peoria? Peoria. Peoria. Okay. Paige grew up in Peoria, Arizona, and began playing softball at eight years old. She has competed at many levels, starting with rec ball, moving to club ball, and competing as a D1 athlete at Northwestern University. Her mission and goal is to help transform girls into strong women beyond the playing field or court. Paige has worked with over a thousand athletes in her programs and workshops. She believes girls have so much opportunity to dream bigger than they ever imagined. Because sports was and still is such a big part of Paige's life, she has had a first row ticket to see how the experiences from from sports can be a vessel to success in life on and off the field. So Paige, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So excited to, I've been so excited for this, this episode to get to talk to you. I know. Yeah, it was so great for me and you to connect. And just so we're kind of queuing in our listeners. Me and Paige just chatted for like 35 minutes before hitting record um, because me and her, I think, have a lot in common. So I'm I'm excited to start this friendship with you, like recording this podcast and start a friendship with you moving forward. For sure. I was like, well, I mean, I already told you, but when I found you, I was like, I need to know this woman. Like we... Uh, we are going to be connected because we are going through so many of the same things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Between building our businesses to help girl athletes, very similar there. You and I are very similar from like an athletic background, not that I played softball, but just like our passion for sports. We're in a very similar life stage. And then Paige is having a a baby in a couple of months. So me and her are connecting there because I am immediately post having my first baby. So, so many things. It's been so helpful already. I feel so much more supported. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And see, that's the power of when girls and women get together and just support each other. Some awesome things, awesome connections and growth and happiness happens. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like already like, oh, today is so much better because I talked to Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige, let's start talking about your athletic background, playing softball specifically. That's your passion and, and your sport of choice that you've dedicated so many, so many years to. Just, yeah, I think tell us a bit about your journey as a, as an athlete. What led you to playing softball in college and where did sports begin for you? Yeah. So like you shared earlier, I started playing when I was young, like, you know, most of us as kids and I fell in love with the, the sport of softball more and more, which is funny now. And I look back at it and as I, I played, you know, volleyball, I played some other sports as well. And I look back at it, you know, people always say like softball and baseball is one of like the hardest mental sports that there is. And I'm like, why did, sometimes I'm like, why did I pick this really like challenging sport, like the sport of failure? Like they always talk about like softball is a game of failure. I'm like, why would I pick the game of failure? But I just, I think I just love the challenge and really like enjoyed like working through those challenges. But it was also something that it became a struggle, which is why I do what I do now. But I started playing as a um, at eight, I ended up starting playing like competitively when I was 10. And I just remembered 
going and watching the like the University of Arizona versus Arizona State game, softball game when I was like 10 or 11, probably. And I remember just being like in awe and being like, I want to do what those girls are doing. So that that dream kind of came when I started watching those college softball girls play. And I was like, I want to play on like the the big field, like the big stage at a big school. I always wanted to go to U of A. That's where my grandfather went. But I ended up going to Northwestern, which is a different Wildcats. So I'm a Northwestern Wildcat fan now. Um, and uh, that was like my big goal. My like my ultimate dream was to go play softball at a high level, at a competitive level. And it was able to to do that, which I feel really lucky and blessed to have been able to make it to that level because I know not everyone does. And so, yeah, so then, but in between all of those, lots of ups and downs, like, oh man, like there's so many like tears. There's so many car rides home, car rides home where I was like, just so frustrated with myself or like disappointed or felt like I was disappointing my, my dad and just like not living up to like my own expectations, his expectations maybe. So there was, I mean, there was so many ups and downs, but also so, so many amazing memories, but yeah, sometimes those frustrations can outweigh those, those really great memories. And I just looked back at my, after I had graduated from college, looking back at my experiences, especially in college, it really heightened those frustrations and like the struggle because the more that I talked about it, it almost like felt a little bit like an ego thing. Like I wanted to go play at Northwestern and I wanted people to like remember me and like I wanted to do so well that I wanted to be remembered and like known for being this great catcher and this great hitter and catching was great. That was good. The hitting side was a total struggle bus. <laughs> like the yeah. first three years of my college career, I really struggled hitting. I was like barely making it in the lineup, even though I was starting catcher as a freshman, which was like amazing. But yeah, it was it was really hard. I did not hit well my first three years. And then something about that senior year where I was like, you know, pretty over feeling crappy about myself and tears and frustration and anger and all of these things. And I was like, I have one more year to play. Like I literally one last year to play this game. I've been playing so long that I've committed so much time to. And I was like, I'm just going to go have fun. I'm just going to like do my best, which I was already doing, trying my artist. But I was like, I'm going to go have fun, do my best. And like the thing that I remember the most is like, I was like, whatever happens, happens, like screw it basically. And once I did that, I like lifted all these like expectations and pressure off my shoulders and I started hitting great. <laughs> and I was hitting so much better. I like doubled my batting average my last year. I got like triple the amount of at bats. So had a ton more playing time. And I was like actually having fun and enjoying myself that last year. And it's like, wow, wish I would have figured that out a little bit early. <laughs> that would have been nice. So now looking back at my experience, I know it was like this mindset shift that I didn't really know was happening, but, and not realizing how powerful like our mind and our thoughts are and what we think about ourselves. And which is why I wanted to help girls understand that and know that and give them tools so that they didn't have to wait till their senior year of college to figure that out. So that's really like my softball journey and how I got to do like, got to where I'm doing what I do now. Right. So I never, when you said softball is the sport of failure, the game of failure, I not being a softball player myself, I've never heard that before, but it kind of makes sense. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's the only sport. Well, I shouldn't say the only one, but it's like very three strikes. You're out. Like, yeah, that's, it's almost like very often celebrating the failure as well, because with the th three strikes means the other team, obviously that was good for the pitcher and the other team. So it's just interesting. I never thought of it that way. It really is one of the only sports like that. Yeah. With batting averages, if you hit, if you get, if you have 10 at bats and you have three hits, you're hitting 300, which is a really, really great baseball and softball hitting average. So you're failing seven out of seven times. <laughs> so the other seven you're getting out and yeah, I was like, why, why would I choose this sport? Like, this is just rough, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Hard. 
is you do feel like you're failing a lot, even though you're doing really well. So it's, it's definitely like a, a mental battle at times. Yeah. The only other sports that kind of come to mind with some similarities is like, like a high jump or a pole vault where, you know, they set the bar and then it's like, you get three attempts to try and, you know, reach that. And then, and even if you fail at that height, you still potentially won at the lower height or something like that. But yeah, it's really interesting with softball. Like you said, a really amazing hitting average 300 is still failing seven out of 10 times. So you really do have to change your mindset around that as to what success really means. In fact, success means allowing and embracing failure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Lots of embracing failure, which I was not great at at first. I still struggle with it today, but at least I feel like I have tools where I can work through it or know who to reach out to or talk to. But yeah, like tools for sure. Paige, how come this just have fun mindset is so hard to embrace? Because I grew up in sports and with me and my two sisters, this was before my little brother came along. My dad was, you know, heavily into getting us into sports and he was competitive about it. But, at you know, before every game, he would always remind us like, just have fun. Like that was his message, no matter how competitive he was or wanted us to be, it was just have fun. But like, it didn't resonate with me at that time because I was a competitive person, you know? So throughout all of youth sports and high school and college, like I didn't, I, that it, it almost bothered me like to my core. Like when my dad would say, just have fun, it like angered me. Yes, it angered me. And then of course, years later, in hindsight, like I stupidly find myself saying that to my clients now too. I'm like, just go out there and have fun. Just race, just play the game. Like, And because it's so true. But like, how, how do we get over? Or yeah, what are some tools or ways that we can really like in the moment when we need it, just have fun instead of in hindsight, recognizing? I think it's like, it's like redefining what just having fun means to you because like that phrase like all right well have fun and like whatever happens and it kind of sounds like I don't care but like trust me even in my senior year I still really cared about like how I was showing up how I was performing and I think it's just like figuring out that that like just have fun that what that means to you and just also knowing to like okay when I'm having fun when I'm relaxed when I feel good, when I feel confident, like I play so much better when I am like stressed and pressing and tight and like really, really intense. Like I feel like we can all be intense and still have fun, but like it's some different feelings and emotions around it that that's like when I don't play well, (laughs) that's when I like things. It's like when you're trying so hard that it doesn't work (laughs) and like, you have to like let go a little bit in order for things to click. I always think about it like like boxers or like when you're like like fighting or like punching a punching bag. If you try to be like super tight and tense and you try to punch a punching bag, it's going to be like all slow and awkward and like unnatural. Like that's why they like jump around and they're like moving all the time to like stay loose. And I'm like when we like when we're loose like mentally and physically, we play so much better. It's like fluid. It's like easy. It's natural. Like it it just, it just clicks. It works. So I think that's like what that fun brings is like, how do we get to that mental space of like, this is a game. Like this is an opportunity. Like I get to do this rather than like, oh my gosh, I have to get a hit or else I'm never going to make the lineup again. Cause that's, what I was thinking when I was pressing. So I think it's just like figuring out a different mindset around what fun means and what fun creates. Because fun creates, like to me, when I talk to the girls, I'm like, fun creates good, successful results. It's like when we're pressing so hard and putting so much pressure on ourselves, that's when you don't have the results that you want in it. You're not you're not getting where you want to go. So it's like like redefining it because fun can be like a good thing. Yeah. And I think I like how you said redefine and it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't mean giving up on winning or giving up on competitiveness. It's just 
keeping your kind of reorganizing your priorities. Like if, if fun is the priority, then most likely like being competitive will happen in a fun way and winning will happen in a fun way versus if solely winning is your priority, you might not have fun along the way. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way of like, like the priority of it. I love that. Yeah, for sure. So did you senior year just like at that time for you? And I just like to like really dig into like that moment and give like kind of real life, what was really going on? Like, was it you making an intentional effort to change your mindset or redefine what success meant and having fun meant? Or or was it just this kind of, I don't care anymore? I like kind of like fell into it. Like it wasn't like an intentional mindset shift. It was the, the time. It was like the time. So it's kind of because it could have gone either way. It could have been like, oh my gosh, I only have a year left. Like I better do good or else. I'm a total failure or whatever, or like it ended up happening being like, I'm just so over like being frustrated with myself that like, like what's the worst? It was almost like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I do bad again this year. And like, I mean, that's it. So then like, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to like go out there, have fun, do my thing. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's the same as the other three years that I hit. So I guess we could have gone two different ways and I'm really glad that it somehow went that way, but I had, it wasn't definitely not intentional, but then I look back and I'm like, gosh, I wish that I had somebody that could have helped me go that direction, teach me those things and be more intentional about it so that I like would have been more intentional about the results. But yes. Right. Right. Which is exactly what you do now as, you know, a mindset and confidence coach is trying to help girls, you know, embrace this mindset shift instead of just feeling like it's my last, like I have nothing else or I have no other choices, like make it intentional and put the power in their own hands. Because yeah, I think also kind of what you were saying about like you, you had already in some senses you know, I, I feel like bad saying this already, but I'm just going to say it. you had already failed in your mind. You had already failed. You had three bad years. So you had already fail, failed. So why, why do we continue to let the fear of failure drive us then? It's like, maybe failure isn't that bad. You've already failed. And guess what? You survived. Everything's okay. The world yeah. didn't end. You're still, you know, like, and everybody, again, failure can have various different levels, but very often we live our lives with this fear of failure instead of recognizing that like in, in your case, like I had already failed. What else is there to lose then? So let me release this fear of failure. And by releasing it is actually how you started to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's exactly how so many of the girls that I work with they're, that's what they're struggling with the most is that fear of failure, that fear of looking dumb, that fear of like saying the wrong thing, whether that's, you know, as an athlete or like in school, like I, I know a lot of girls or like just kids in general, like they're afraid to like even raise their hand and answer a question because they're afraid that they're going to be wrong. I'm like, who cares? Like, like now that I'm like, who cares to say it? Like someone else probably thought the same thing, but for them, it's like, yeah, it's like this total fear of failure. And I mean, I feel it too, as like a business owner, it's like, like, I don't want to fail. And when we do it, like totally sucks. But something that I talk to the girls about all the time is like, failure isn't a bad thing. I think, and we've been like, so conditioned to think that it is a bad thing or the worst thing ever. And once we start, like, I was talking about like, you just kind of like give failure a hug, like be friends with failure. <laughs> like walk with it, talk with it. And it's going to teach you things. And when you can learn from it, right, and grow from it, that's when the good stuff happens, even though it's hard. It just takes practice, just like any physical skills that you're working on, things like that. So yeah, it's just like, it's like redefining failure. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I think a little slogan that I've been saying to my clients a lot over the last two years, which came from a good friend of mine, Marie, is you either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. So it's not a win or lose situation. It's you win or you learn because there's always something to be learned or valued out of an experience 
with failure or, or with loss. There's something to, to grow out of that experience. Although interestingly, then I've also had some experiences with people who, I don't know if you, you've had this almost embrace that like too much, um, the winner learn. And then they're like expecting to just learn something out of their failure instead of really going for the win when they could. Have you basically like, I guess the difference is like, okay, they've embraced that failure is okay. I'm allowed to fail. Everything's okay. Cause I'll learn in that, but they're also not setting themselves up for all that they could be. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely had that with a, a a little bit younger team that I was working. I was like, yeah, mistakes are okay. And they, I think they took it a little too literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, all right, fine. Like mistakes, I'm sure make mistakes all over the place. I'm like, boo, back it up, back it up, back it up. <laughs> you still have to try to succeed. And then if you right. fail, yeah. to push ourselves to, so that failure like does happen because that means you're pushing yourself, right? And then learn from it and figure out, okay, what what was the lesson in that? For sure. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So what are are do you think there's any reasons whether it's thinking back on your own journey or thinking about the struggles that young girls, maybe high school, college athletes face today, like reasons why just as female athletes we are struggling to step into our confidence and have this fear of failure or are afraid to be rejected or to say something where they're judged. Like, is this the same as it's always been? Or do you think that society today and pressures that young girls and female athletes are facing today is kind of changing these dynamics? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's probably pretty similar. I think it's really cool that like and great that like self-development and like mental health is definitely being like, people are more aware of it. Like parents are more aware of it. Like thinking about like, you know, my dad and like his generation, it was like, you're either first or your last, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you should be doing better. Right. Or, and it's just like, and it's like hard because like, I know he just saw like, the expectations that in me, like, or not like, the expectations, not the right word. The, um, potential. Yes. Thank you. The potential in me and just wanted the best for me, but it didn't always like come out the right way. So I think like, parents are definitely more aware now of like embracing like that growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And like when I talk to girls about that, they're like, oh yeah, we learned this in school. I'm like, that's amazing. Like they're actually talking about that in schools and just starting to really understand the, like the difference between that. So I definitely think it's changing for the best and there's more awareness of it than it, there maybe was before. But I generally, I think it comes down to like, it's just being an athlete and I tell little girls and like, when you're an athlete, you're like, you're competitive, you're hard on yourself, you expect a ton out of yourself, like you have those high expectations, you push yourself, you're always looking for ways to improve, which that's what makes us great athletes. But it can also be like really detrimental if you are only on that side of things and you don't learn how to like give yourself credit where you deserve celebrate the progress and the process and the wins along the way and not only like the big goals achieved and really just like giving yourself some grace and learning to give yourself some grace and some space because it like for me it just felt like pedal to the metal go 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 like if it's not perfect it's not good enough that was like my mentality I didn't I don't think I gave myself very much grace along the way so I could have done better, right? Like it's like constantly I could have done better, which yes, that made me better. And like my dad pushing me like made me better. But there are always there were also a lot of moments where I like really could have used like that re that reflection, like just seeing that, oh, I have made like look at where I was a year ago and look where I am now. Look at these things that I've been able to do and just celebrating those things and just being a little bit kinder to myself. 
Hey fans, I hope you are enjoying this conversation so far and we'll be back to it in just a moment. But first, I want to pause and let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Female Athlete System of Transformation, aka the Fast Track to Overcome Disordered Eating and Use Food as Fuel to Perform at Your Highest Level. The Female Athlete System of Transformation is my unique program and proven systems to guide female athletes to understanding and implementing the proper nutrition for their sport, life, and health. Myself and my team of registered sports dietitians work one-on-one with clients to address their unique needs and counsel them through the nutritional and behavioral changes needed. Many female athletes who resonate with disordered eating, mental guilt around food and body, relative energy deficiency in sport or female athlete triad, amenorrhea, repeat injuries due to negligent nutrition, or frankly, just a lack of knowledge and understanding on their fueling needs have seen incredible success in the fast track. After years of working as a sports RD, I've compiled the most effective ways for female athletes to learn nutrition, be supported, be challenged, and ultimately find their success with fueling as fast as possible. So don't wait another day. Get to your goals faster by joining the Female Athlete System of Transformation. Look in the show notes or head to the website to book a free call and learn more. Okay, now let's get you back to the conversation. Enjoy. So I was listening to a podcast last night with my husband on a completely different subject matter, but um, it was with a clinical psychologist, Jordan Peterson, who just is a wealth of knowledge. And as a clinical psychologist, he was stating about how women, uh, females, girls, we experience and feel the negative a lot more than our male counterparts. So I think even just what you were expressing of like being competitive, pushing yourself, like if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Like women really, really feel the I'm not good enough aspect of that. We like hone in on that negative way more versus like a male counterpart, even with that same mindset of if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Like he doesn't focus on that. I'm not good enough piece. And it's just like, it's not perfect. So I'm just going to keep working until it gets perfect and can stay in a more positive like headspace. But women just get so hooked on to the negative so easily. And again, I'm not the psychologist in this situation, but it was really interesting listening to him speak about this. He actually said it was a not a bad thing. It's kind of evolutionary that women, you know, we have a lot to protect ourselves. And so we're very cautious of the negative. And so that's kind of why we focus on it. I digress a little bit, but it just, I think that I've seen this, you know, it's your story. It's part of my story. We both have clients that we know this is a huge struggle for girl athletes. It's like beating ourselves up way too much and like defining our worth based on if we had this fabulous performance or not. And it's like, how can we show ourselves more grace to, in order to stay in a more positive headspace? Because when we're in that positive headspace, then we actually do perform better, which is what we ultimately want. That's identity thing. Like, mm-hmm. like we feel like when we aren't that, we aren't doing whatever it is that's perfect. It's like, well, that's, that's like a direct reflection on like who I am, my identity. I think that's kind of where I got caught up for sure. Yeah. I also think, and I think that today's society too, social media has changed so much and even not just social media, even just the speed of communication with texting and phone calls back in the day, even my day, your day. And of course, earlier than that, like if you did fail at something, that was kind of something that just you yourself had to deal with and overcome. But I think the challenges that girls face today is now everybody knows that you failed. You know, now it's on social media or somebody texted about it or like, it's just, I think the effects of it are felt so much more. And I I feel bad Mm -hmm. for the girls experiencing that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. It's like, it's, it's reaching way more than just like their, you know, our, what used to be like our inner circle for sure. Like it's much more widespread, like 
oh, everybody's going to know instead of just me and my brother and my dad or something like, and my, my one friend or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then you see like all these other people succeeding because I mean, you know, social media is like a highlight reel. So you're constantly comparing yourself to everyone else's best, which again is like a good thing, right? You're pushing yourself, but it's also, it can be like the detrimental thing where it's like, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm never going to get there. And like, not there and like they can be really really tough on the those girls who are like working so hard to get somewhere and then they see that and they're like I wish I was there I don't know there am I ever gonna get there just like questioning and doubting themselves yeah I think generationally I'm seeing a lot of my young clients recognize this fortunately and like a lot of them take social media hiatuses which is amazing um and i think they have enough self-awareness at this point in 2022 you know we're over a decade into this massive social media boom and i think like i think that people are now recognizing like yep time to deactivate my account or step away or delete it off my phone for a little bit because we're having conversations like this and about mental health and because it is a lot easier when it comes to things like failure, it is a lot easier for you to process and reflect on that on your own or with your close circle, as opposed to like, you know, with a thousand people that you don't even know. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I feel like even some younger, young girls, like some of them, like don't even have social media or they like, don't like post very much. I kind of noticed that too. Like it's not like that cool to like post all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're over here like, gotta get our content. Gotta <laughs> 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 so get things out there. But I have noticed that too. So it's it's definitely interesting to just like observe how they use social media and like what they use it for and things like that. Because I, I think it's definitely different from where I mean definitely where we're at and like from a this perspective because I get wrapped up into it too. I'm like, okay, I'm going to post and create content. I'm not going to consume. And then I'm over here scrolling for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. So speaking of like your business and the content that you put out page, can you tell our listeners about how you work with your clients and what that looks like, or, or kind of like also if there's, it's mostly girl athletes that you are working with, correct? Yeah. Like, what are some reasons that somebody would come to you? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, oftentimes when I when I just talk about my own experience as an athlete and like being hard on myself, being a perfectionist, having those high expectations, like putting a lot of pressure on myself, fear, fear of failure, like all of those things. Like, I'll have like moms or, or dads be like oh my gosh, this is my daughter. <laughs> exactly. That's typically kind of where their their daughters are like, like in a slump or just like in a funk or just like just beating themselves up, being really hard on themselves or like constantly negative. That's typically the girls that have like kind of start coming into my, my circle. And so they are typically reaching out like, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say to them. So maybe like, maybe you can help or, you know, where can you help? So I have a different, like a couple of different ways that I work with the girls. I have my group program, which is my favorite, the confident athlete program where I work with girls in a group setting, which I know a lot of parents are like, Oh, like, I don't know if my daughter's going to open up in a group setting, but I always encourage them to just like, at least try it out because they, it's so cool. And this happens for us as women too, like in masterminds and things. But it's so cool when you get a group of girls together and they start sharing like what they're struggling with or even celebrating like the wins. I make them celebrate wins as well. But when they're hearing that these other girls are struggling with the same things that they are, they're like, oh, I am not a crazy person. (laughs) Like... Like they're all going through the same things that I am, like having the same thoughts, the same feelings. And that's something I remind them all the time. Like you are not crazy for having negative thoughts. Like this is totally normal. Like we're, it's going to be fine. Like you're going to be great. (laughs) And just for them to like know that and see that is like, 
it's so comforting for them to see like they're not alone. But yeah, so that's why I love the group aspect of it. And I like I have private mentorship, but that group thing that you get in there is just it's so special. So, but yes, yeah, so I work with girls on a, in a group. We work together for three months on live calls every week. And then they also go through weekly modules to learn the actual mental training skills and tools and things that they can use in their games and practices like visualization and self-talk work and routines and things like that. And then I work with girls on a private mentorship aspect. And then because my group you know, only opens a certain amount of times going through my, this first baby and learning about maternity leave. I'm finishing the group and then taking a little break or else I would open it, be opening it up again soon. But with that, I'm going to be opening it up again in the fall. But I do have a place because I get girls and families all the time. They come in, they're like, wait, you're not doing anything. Like we can't start right with, we need help right now. We want to work on this right now. This is a problem. Right. The second I do have weekly mindset lessons, which I started doing because, you know, as athletes, we go to like a lot of athletes go to private lessons, whether it's, you know, for softball, if it's hitting or pitching, or if it's soccer, I know they do like, or what they call it in soccer, but like just private training or group yeah. training and different skills and things like that. And I was like, well, we go to lessons for all these physical skills. So why shouldn't we go to lessons for our mind? So that's why I have mindset lessons for the girls to start focus, like working on their mindset more consistently and learning tools and using those tools and having that place to, to do that. So I have those as well in between the, the confident athlete. So, but yeah, those are lots of ways that I get to work with the girls, but um, it's also free resources and Yeah. I mean, your website is packed with free resources. I was taking a look at that. So yeah, whether joining the Confident Athlete program when you are enrolling clients or just looking at all your free resources or doing the weekly mindset videos, because just like you said, mindset is like, it's one thing to just talk about your problems. Okay. That's great. We feel comforted, but we do want to actually change our mindset and change the way that we think. And that that's what is so powerful about our mind is that it works just like a muscle or maybe even better. <laughs> um, maybe you know, even better. Strong muscle. <laughs> yeah. That you can really adapt and change the way that you think and change your entire mindset over and over and over again throughout an entire lifetime. So it's, you know, that group component, like you're saying, like, it's awesome to like, like we opened this call, we were like, it's awesome to connect you and me because when when women come together, there's so much power in that. And then additionally, like changing the mindset together as well. Yeah, it's like getting reps in. And that's how I explain it to the girls a lot and, and the parents too, because they're like, oh, I just want her to be confident. I just want her to like start thinking more positively or whatever it is. Like, and like, you just have to be patient with the process, just like anything, like when you're learning something new and we're like working on shifting how we're thinking. And so like just getting repetitions and like actually writing down those like negative thoughts and how to ask yourself different questions or better questions and how to shift those thoughts. Like it just takes practice and it just takes actually like talking about it, writing it down, tweaking it, changing it, just like they do at normal, regular practice. And it, and, you know, unfortunately, like, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes like consistency and continuing to work on it. I like, I always tell the girls, I'm like, I wish I could just, you know, sprinkle some magic fairy dust on you guys and just like, make everything be positive and great. But that's not how it works. Right? So we got to work at it just like anything else. But it can be really, really fun and rewarding. And when you start to see the confidence build, I mean, that's like, obviously the really, really cool part. And what's so neat about confidence and mindset is it can all like confidence can be created and built and it it can be grown. It's not like you're confident and you're not confident. Like you don't just get confidence. You have to give it to yourself. You have to create it. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you get (laughs) <laughs> and buy and purchase. You know, just like 
oh, like that's like her personality trait is she's confident, right? Like it's something that can be built on and created. It looks different for everybody too. So yeah. Now, do you, when you're working with your clients, since they are younger, do you work closely with parents as well? Like, do you teach these techniques to parents too? Yeah. So I, especially in the last year, I have really been trying to focus more on my parents and giving them some love as well. I was constantly like just being selfish and wanted to hang out with the girls all the time. But um, (laughs) it's like, maybe I should include the parents some more. So I've been doing a lot of parent workshops. I have a Facebook group for parents. We do trainings, actually I have a training today in there. So I'm really trying to give them tools and teach them more about what I'm teaching the girls as well so that they can bring that to their daughters, to their athletes. So I'm doing a ton more training and workshops and things for parents. But even just like in the like in my confident athlete program or the weekly mindset calls, like they're not on the calls and they're not like they're in those programs, but I am uh, like, I like to shoot them an email with some things that, you know, whatever, you know, we talked about, give them some key things that they can remind her of, or that they can work on with her so that they're, you know, part of the process as well as if they, if they want to be. Right. Yeah. I have to do the same thing too with my young clients. I kind of front load the parents with like, these are, this is kind of what your daughter is going to go through throughout the next 12 weeks of working with me. And then I send out a monthly parent newsletter and I keep for me just since, well, my programming, we have that group component as well, because it is really powerful. And then nutrition is very individualized. So we do our one-on-one sessions and like the parents, I always leave that door open of like, call me, text me, email me, whatever you need to know so that you can support because they're the ones going to every game, showing up at every practice, you know, driving home afterwards and living that day to day. And on the nutrition side of things, they're the ones, you know, seeing what they eat every single day. And it's like, (laughs) those resources for the parents. And it's not only helpful for that girl athlete in need, but it's also helpful for any other siblings or children in the family, right? What what works for the oldest daughter could work for the younger daughters too. For sure. It's like, oh gosh, I love I love food and nutrition and stuff. Talk we could I could talk about that. We could probably have a whole nother half hour after yeah. this to talk about that too. But yeah, I mean it's so like just getting like those systems set in place and those routines and things like that. And that's like really what it is mentally too. It's like what does the car ride home look like? What are those conversations like? You know, what are you guys talking about before the game? And it's just like setting up things. And one of the pieces of advice that I like to give the parents is, which would be interesting when I'm a parent, I'm on the other side. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll be like, well, this is so much harder than it actually is, which I know it is. But I encourage them to ask their daughter questions. Like almost like, I always think of them like when you're bowling and you have those like, bumper you can bowl with bumpers yes like you just be the bumpers like just ask them questions to like get them in the right direction thinking in the right direction and what I mean by that is like instead of like just telling her how to fix something or do something or what you thought about it be like well what did like what did you learn today about the game or like what did you get out of it today or you know yeah, I know you, you felt like you struggled here, but what are some good things that happened? And just like kind of like guiding them in the right direction and getting to think through some things and like process it themselves rather than always trying to give them the answers. Again, probably so much harder said than done, right? <laughs> and just tell them what to do, right? Um, I well, think and I think that if, like, again, both you and me, I'm a brand new mom, you're a mom to be. So if there are any moms listening to this, who are moms of youth or teen athletes, like something that I always hear is like the parents are very often saying the right thing. They -hmm. really are. And they're, and they're doing the right thing, but it's a matter of that life stage for your daughter that she just needs to hear it from someone else. And keeping me in business. (laughs) Yeah. And I know that that sucks for the parents. I know it sucks that you've been saying all the right things and doing all the right things and they're just not listening to you. 
but yeah, that it's just something about that, like kind of rebellious life stage or that I want to do it on my own or, you know, once we're no longer little, little kids, we, it's like you trust your parents with all your heart and yet you don't trust them on the things that are yours, right? Like, no, this is my sport. You don't get it or whatever. You know, these are my friends. You don't get it. And so unfortunately that is where like bringing in a professional that this girl can put her trust in can honestly be the best thing a parent can do yeah. sometimes. I'm like, I'm like thinking, man, this is, this happens to me and my husband from time to time. I'm like, yeah, I heard about this. We should do this. It's like, I don't know, we were talking about investing or something. I'm like, this is amazing. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then like, I was like, I, I started it. And then he had to hear it from somebody else. And then he did it. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, remember when I told you how great it was? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> wives, wives and partners, as well as mothers to their daughters, are all feeling the same thing. Of haven't I told you this a hundred times before? Totally. We need that outside perspective first. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, Paige, this was so great to have you on, just to talk about embracing or not letting go of the fear of failure and embracing what we can learn from it, making sure that we are putting in those reps with our mindset Mm -hmm. so that we truly are having fun because success follows the fun. Yeah, definitely. I love it. It's easier when you're having fun, right? (laughs) Yeah. So where can, where can people follow you on social media or go to your website, learn more about your programs? Yeah. So it's the same place. It's my name. So on Instagram, you can find me at Paige Tons. My last name is spelled T-O-N-Z. The really nice thing about my maiden last name is nobody else really has it. So it's pretty easy to find me, which is very convenient. Um, And then you can find like, all of those resources and things like that that we were talking about at my website at pagetons.com. So both places I've got lots of fun things for, for parents and the girls. Awesome. Well, Paige, I end every podcast with the same questions. Do you know them? I I think I may have read them. Okay. <laughs> well, they're fun ones. So we're going to go for it. If you could eat one food every single day for the rest of your life and never get sick of it, what would it be? Oh, it's going to have to be chocolate chip cookies for sure. <laughs> I am the chocolate chip cookie monster for sure. <laughs> Love it. Chocolate chip cookie monster. Paige, what is your favorite sport to participate in? Well, I guess growing up, softball, but um, I've really, our gym started doing like some pickleball tournaments and that has been a whole lot of fun. So pickleball has been like, I guess my, my adult sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a unique one, uh, a fun game, a different one that we don't hear about as often, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. How about as a spectator? What's your favorite sport to watch? Ooh, as a spectator. I think that my favorite sport to watch spectator, this is going to sound so cliche, but I I love watching college softball still. Yeah. And it's so cool because it's been like, because it's growing so much and it's so like, it's televised way more. So that's, you have more access to it. So softball, but if we're talking about like, just like your, your main sports, I do love watching football. My brother, my youngest brother brother played college football as well. So that was always fun to watch. Yeah. No, I love college softball. It is, it's a fun game. I think personally, I was turned off by softball at a young age because of like, I don't even think it's called little league, but just like it was at a young age when nobody can hit the ball. It was just like (laughs) such a slow game. But uh, once you get into the, it's a, it's a hard game. As you said, the game of failure sometimes, right? So it's like it's kind of a struggle at a young age, but once you get into those the competitive softball leagues and college softball, it is fun. I loved um, when I worked at the University of Georgia. Those girls, I love. I mean, I worked at Florida State too, but I worked very close with the Georgia softball girls quite a few years ago, and they're just so impressive. Yeah, yeah, it gets it's so fun because the game's so fast. I mean, not just like 
downplay baseball or anything, but it's so much faster than baseball. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's really fun to watch. Like everyone that I like, like even like my grandparents or like close friends that have like, known me, they'll watch softball and stuff. And you're like, they get addicted. They're like, this is so much fun. I love watching it. I can't stop watching it. Yeah. <laughs> even my husband and watching softball and understanding the game better. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Okay. And then final question. If there's a female athlete out there, you want to give a shout out to for being just inspiring and a role model to others, who would that be and why? Yeah. So she's a former athlete, I guess you could say, but she's still an athlete at heart. But she also gets to inspire lots of young girls through what she does. I've always looked up to Jen Schroeder. She's also a former catcher, softball catcher, and she's just always doing really great things. She's always been just a mentor to me and always helps me out when I reach out for help and support. So give her a little shout out. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Paige, for coming on the show and sharing what you do and just having this awesome conversation. Yeah, it was amazing. Thanks so much for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and thanks for listening. But before I let you go, I have free resources that you can have access to right away, right now, so that you can start fueling your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. First, I have your Red S recovery race. If you've ever wondered if you might be struggling with Red S, curious to learn more, or know you have Red S and are looking to recover fast, then you can head to www.riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S and download the Red S recovery race. See how you place and figure out the next steps to recovery. Plus, while there, I have a few other great resources for you, including three nutrition secrets that every elite athlete swears by and access to our private Facebook community, Female Athlete Nutrition. So again, to gain access to all of this, head to riseupnutritionrun.com slash red S that's backslash R E D S. And you can gain access and get the help you need fast. Too many girls and women and female athletes struggle with nutrition, but you don't have to any longer become fierce, fit and fueled links in the show notes, and I'll see you next time.